Hey, this is Graham, and I'm so pumped you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Grace community, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on social media at the Grace AG on all social outlets. But the best way to connect is to join our online campus at live.graceassembly.org. Here, you can create a profile and engage and connect with other Grace members all around the world. So we hope today's message encourages and challenges you. Let's jump right in. We are in 21 days of prayer right now, and so we're entering the third week of 21 days of prayer, and we're joining online every weekday at noon, and then we're gathering in person every Saturday at 9 a.m. So I just wanna encourage you, if you haven't yet joined with us, let's, uh, let's keep that focus going as we learn uh, the habit of prayer, and uh, that's why we're, we're doing this series, Teach Us to Pray, because I, I wanna teach you how to pray. Uh, if, if there's one thing that, as we go into 2021, if, if there's one thing that I think we all can do better and need to do more often is, is to pray. A pastor uh, posted on social media uh, probably a couple months ago a question. He said, if you only had 30 days to disciple somebody who was a brand new believer in Jesus, what would you teach them? And I don't know why, but when I saw that, it just kind of shot through me. And again, building on what we were talking about last week, I think last year was a test for a lot of us pastors. Are we leaning, are we training people to depend on us? Are we actually equipping people to be disciples of Jesus Christ? So I've been thinking, I was thinking about that for a long time. If I only had 30 days to, to disciple somebody, what would I teach them? And, and I bet you can't guess what my answer is. I would teach them to pray. I would teach them how to pray, but I would teach them how to pray using God's word. Okay? And so that's what we've been doing in this series, uh, Teach Us to Pray. I want to teach you how to pray. I, I want to inspire you to pray. I want to encourage you to pray. I want to equip you to pray, but, but mostly I want to, I want to teach you how uh, to pray. And so uh, we've talked about, uh, we taught you a couple weeks ago how to pray the Lord's Prayer, and then we prayed it every day for seven days. And then uh, last week we taught you the tabernacle as a pattern of prayer, and then we prayed through that online at noon every day. Hopefully you're connecting with us and growing in that. And so today I want to teach you my next favorite prayer model, which is the armor of God, okay? Now, why would I teach you the armor of God? Well, because sooner or later, every believer is gonna come to terms with this fact, that the Christian life is not a playground. Amen. It's a battleground. Amen. Pastor Matthias just asked a minute ago, how many of you feel like you're under spiritual attack or, or if you're in a spiritual battle? I am raising my hand. Anybody else wanna raise your hand? It feels like there is a war going on in the heavenlies. There's this spiritual battle that is taking place uh, in all of our lives, not just for us as individuals, but attacking our families, attacking our churches, attacking our nation, attacking our world. And we can sit and complain about it, and we can post about it online as much as we want. I'd rather do something about it, and I'd rather pray and win. See, Pastor, what are you talking about? I want to teach you how to win spiritual battles today. I don't want you just to endure it. I want you to win. 
And God's word gives us some uh, wisdom on how to win spiritual battles. How many would like to learn that today? All right, there's three of you that would like to learn that. David, I need the uh, things on the confidence monitor if you don't, if you don't mind. But Ephesians chapter six, uh, the apostle Paul gives this, uh, he, he gives this amazing imagery of warfare in the Christian life. And so we're gonna start with verse 10. And so I wanna teach you what he says about the armor of God, and then we're gonna pray the armor of God. So he says, be strong in the Lord, and in his mighty power. How many know it's God's will for you to be strong in the Lord? Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, I want you to notice right off the bat, Paul says the Christian life is a fight. It's a struggle. There's a war going on. And, and, but it's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, I want you to notice Paul is saying that we have an enemy who is spiritual and not natural. He says your enemy is not flesh and blood. And how many know that's a good reminder to all of us in 2021, right? When we look at our enemies and we demonize other people because they don't vote like us and they don't look like us, They believe differently than us. They are not my enemy. I'm going to pause right there because we talk about people like they're our enemy. We don't know them. We've never met them. And we, and, and here's what it is. It's a trap. It's a trap from the enemy to distract you because the scripture says this, your enemy is the devil, your enemy, the devil It doesn't say your enemy, your spouse. (laughs) Your enemy, your boss. Your enemy, the insert name of political leader here. Right? He's trying to distract us to make us think that that our enemy is, is a person or a group. The Bible says your enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And I think we're so busy fighting in the natural, we forget that the most powerful weapons we have are spiritual. I want to say that again. We're so busy fighting in the natural, we forget that the most powerful weapons that we have are spiritual. Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. I want you to notice the imagery that Paul is creating here is not Namby Pamby Kisupu Huggy Bear. He says, you're gonna win. You're gonna, you're gonna fight and you're gonna demolish strongholds. I like that a lot. I, I, I was listening to Tony Evans this week preach about the armor of God and I love something he said. He said that prayer is earthly permission for heavenly intervention. I want you to notice that the Bible says to put on, matter of fact, let's go, the the scripture says to put on the full armor of God. See, when you are saved and you begin to follow Jesus, you don't automatically have the armor of God. You have to put it on, right? And so how does prayer work anyway? 
Prayer gives earthly permission for heavenly intervention. So prayer is the way that we win. And so as we go through this here today, I want you to notice that, that the armor of God is not something you can go buy at the Christian bookstore. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure if Christian bookstores even exist anymore. Right? You can't get it at christianbook.com. You know, you can buy the plastic replicas like we all did as kids. Did you guys ever do that? That was cool stuff. I want to show you that I think what Paul was showing us here was how to pray the armor of God. Because prayer is how you win spiritual battles. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. So here's what he says. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, well, that feels like right now, doesn't it? When the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, which means you're going to win. I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand You're welcome. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And I want to show you in just a few minutes how we can use this armor of God that Paul describes here as a pattern of praying, as a biblical model for us to pray uh, spiritual warfare, to pray when we're under attack. How many are ready to learn this? Thank you so much. Let's start this, okay? So let's start with the helmet of salvation. Paul says that you take up the helmet of salvation. And when a, why does a soldier put a helmet on? To protect his or her head, right? Paul's saying that in warfare, Spiritual warfare, you've got to win the battle between your ears. You've got to protect your thoughts. How many know the enemy engages in psychological warfare against us to defeat us? He wants us to be afraid. He wants us to, be, to believe lies, right, about God and about ourselves. Remember, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your, and your mind, and so I think one of the primary ways the enemy attacks us is in our minds to believe things that are not true about ourselves, about who God is. Now, to illustrate this, there's a great movie uh, released a few years ago called Overcomer. And it's a story about a, a young girl who is raised by a single mother. Her mother dies. She has no idea who her father is. Uh, she, she comes to Christ as a result of people investing in her life, and she begins to grow in her understanding of who she is in Jesus. I want you to take a look at this clip and see what happens. Anna, you okay? Ask me who I am. Ask me who I am. Who is Hannah Scott? I am created by God. He designed me. So I'm not a mistake. His son died for me. 
just so I could be forgiven. He picked me to be his own. So I'm chosen. He redeemed me. So I am wanted. He showed me grace just so I could be saved. He has a future for me because he loves me. So I don't wonder anymore, Coach Harrison. I am a child of God. I just wanted you to know. That's awesome. So when I pray, the way I put on the helmet of salvation is I confess what God's word says about me as a child of God. Now, if you got notes in your hands or if you following along with the notes that you can download uh, at info.graceassembly, I've listed several scriptures from the book of Ephesians, the same book that we get the armor of God, where Paul says who we are. So when I pray, I'm gonna pray this way. I'm gonna say, I am a saint. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. I am chosen for adoption to sonship by my heavenly Father. I am accepted by God. I have a wonderful spiritual inheritance in Jesus Christ. I have been raised to new life in Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. I've been saved by grace through faith in Christ. I am God's workmanship, a masterpiece, a brand new creation in Jesus, and I am part of God's family. I'm a member of the body of Christ, and my life displays the glory of God. You say, Pastor, I don't feel that way. Come on, somebody. You don't have to feel a certain way for something to be true about you, but if God's word says it's true, then it's true. So when I pray and, and put on the helmet of salvation, I'm confessing who I am in Jesus Christ. Let's keep going. So he says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So think about a soldier again. This belt that Paul's referring to is more than just something to hold up your pants. Although in battle, it's good to keep your pants up. I'm sure <laughs> that's true. But a Roman soldier's belt, again, I want you to think Paul's writing this and, and, and he's probably standing nearby a Roman soldier who's guarding him and, and creating this visual illustration for him. So on this Roman soldier's belt, uh, there was a scabbard for the sword. And so this soldier's belt also held food rations and other weapons attached to it. So how many know your belt is incredibly important? And so Paul says for us, the thing that holds it all together is truth. This is so important. Because right now in our culture, there is a battle for truth. And the Bible says that one of the ways the devil comes against us is he is a liar. And the father of lies. And so I have to pray, I have to pray, Holy Spirit, expose every lie of the enemy in my life. This is why freedom groups are so important. It's why we ask everybody to do a freedom group because one of the primary things that we teach you is how to recognize the enemy's lies and replace them with truth. So and I also need to pray here. I pray that I would not fall prey to any deception. Jesus said in the last days, a lot of people are gonna be deceived. So I'm praying, God, keep me true, right? And I pray for humility to receive correction. I need to be teachable. Right? 
because we're all susceptible to deception, so we got a lot of other people to be in our lives. That's another reason why groups are so important. I need somebody in my life that I can be accountable to that can tell me tough things because they love me. No matter what somebody tells me, no matter how I feel, no matter what I experience, I choose to believe the truth. All right, the belt of truth. And then he says, I want you to, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. So a soldier puts on a breastplate and, and it covers all of the vital organs, your heart and your lungs. How many know a soldier is much less likely to survive an injury to, to one of your vital organs, especially your heart? You can survive an injury to your hand. You could even survive an injury to your head. But if an injury to your heart, it's much less survival. Can I tell you it's the same in the Christian life? Which is why Proverbs says, guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. Paul says, the proverb writer said it in the Old Testament, Paul says in the New Testament, you gotta put a, a protection on your heart. You gotta cover your heart. Some of you might remember the crocodile hunter on TV. Anybody remember Steve Irwin? Right, and uh, so many times, you know, you thought for sure that dude's gonna die because some snake's gonna bite him, right? Or he's gonna get crushed by a crocodile or some wild animal's gonna maul him to death. It was kind of shocking and surprising to find out how he actually died because he faced dangers daily, but uh, he found out that the part of him that was the most important and the most vulnerable is what cost him his life because a stingray that he was trying to handle stung him in the heart and released poison that killed him. We live in a world of stingrays trying to put poison in your heart and in your spirit. And so I've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness and I've got to guard my heart and I've got, to, I've got to guard my heart from wicked thoughts. I've got to guard my heart from an ungodly attitude. I've got to guard my heart from gossipy words. I've got to guard my heart from a negative mindset, from a critical spirit, from being judgmental. I've got to guard my heart from unforgiveness and bitterness. I've preached a sermon for years around here called The Person with the Pure Heart Wins. You get involved in an issue, an ickiness. How I many know there's ickiness with people? There's ickiness with church people sometimes, the battle is for your heart. If you can keep your heart right, you're gonna win. And so when I come to hear the breastplate of righteousness, I pray the prayer that I prayed in the Lord's prayer and the prayer I prayed in the tabernacle prayer. Search me, oh God, and see if there's anything wicked in my heart, any unforgiveness, any bitterness, anything unholy in my life. Purify me, wash me. You may notice that in all of these prayer models we've been teaching you, there is a place of repentance. Why is that? Because we need to be doing that every day. We gotta keep our heart clean. And then he says, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Paul says, a soldier's gotta wear shoes, right? A soldier's gotta have shoes on. I want you to imagine a soldier without shoes. A soldier without shoes is not going anywhere and is always in a defensive position. You're not attacking, you're not moving forward, you're holding on. We're on a mission. 
We have an assignment. Why are we still here? So we can hold on and hang out till Jesus comes? No. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. Make disciples of every nation. So we're on a mission. So because of that, we need some shoes. We gotta go. And so he says, your shoes are the gospel. The gospel that we preach is peace. Peace with God. Peace of God. Peace that passes all understanding. Are you with me today? And so a soldier without a mission, I put this on Facebook earlier this week and I asked people to help me. Uh, what's a soldier without a mission? Somebody said it's like Mountain Dew without caffeine. What's the point anyway? Somebody said a soldier without a mission is like Chick-fil-A without chicken. A soldier without a mission is a sitting duck. Probably bored, a contradiction in terms, dead meat, and I love this one, a soldier without a mission is only wearing a costume. Hmm. So here's what we do. We hear when we, sh we, we, we put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. I pray for people in my sphere of influence who don't know Jesus, who don't have a relationship with God, because guess why? That's my calling to reach them. God, has, God is looking to me to be salt and light in their world, all right? So write down three names of people, neighbors, coworkers, family members, people who don't know Jesus, and I'm regularly praying for them. Why? That's my mission. That's why I'm here. And I love the way uh, Mark Cahill taught us this years ago. He did a personal evangelism seminar. He says, when you're praying for lost people, you gotta pray for Bob. Do you guys, any of you remember this? You gotta pray for Bob. What it means is you gotta pray for a burden to reach them. And then pray for an opportunity to share Christ with them. And when that opportunity comes, God, give me boldness. Let's pray for Bob. Pray for a burden, pray for an opportunity, and pray for boldness. Okay? We're going to pray that here in just a moment. So Paul says, verse 16, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So the primary function of a shield is defense, right? Paul, in the world that Paul lived and to whom he was writing, uh, armies would light ends of arrows, right? Effectively making them flaming torches or flaming arrows. And so the soldiers would shield themselves from the arrows with, uh, with the shield. Think about Captain America running into battle and all of, the, all of the firepower bouncing off of that shield. And so Paul says we need a shield of faith. But I wonder why he said flaming arrows. I mean, if, if somebody's shooting an arrow at me from any distance at all, he's gonna kill me. Why does it have to be on fire? Because Paul says flaming arrows. Well, to illustrate this, any of you guys remember cowboy and Indian movies? When I was growing up, we was watching, we would play cowboys and Indians. It's not politically correct to do that now, but we did it then and we didn't know any better. But remember, the Indians would attack the cowboys, and the cowboys and all of their families would circle the wagons. And so the cowboys would shoot their rifles at the Indians, the Indians would shoot their arrows at the cowboys. Doesn't seem like a fair fight, guns versus arrows. So almost every time an Indian would dip his arrow in some oil, light it on fire, and he wasn't shooting at a person, he would shoot at the canvas covering the wagon. Because he knew, he knew that a cowboy could not fight fires and fight Indians at the same time. 
The fire was to create a diversion. I hope you're getting this. Paul says, flaming arrows. Can I tell you that the enemy loves to, to, he wants to destroy us, there's no doubt, but he loves to create fires in our lives. And the Bible says that faith is what puts out those fires. Faith is what shields us from the flaming arrows of the evil one. Come on, somebody. Where does faith come from? The scripture says faith comes by hearing the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And so listen, however the enemy is attacking me, I respond in faith, God's word, right? So if the enemy is attacking me with fear, I respond, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. If the enemy is attacking my health, I respond with Jeremiah 30, verse 17, I will restore your health and heal your wounds. If the enemy is attacking my peace, I respond with Philippians chapter four, verse six, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Do my best Wonder Woman pose right there. Shield of faith. And then he says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Remember, when Satan attacked Jesus, he tempted him in the wilderness. Jesus' response to Satan every time was three words. It is written. Right? And so, uh, man shall not live by bread alone, Jesus said. It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. It is written, worship the Lord and him only you shall serve. That's the way, uh, that's the weapon that he used against the devil. And can I tell you, that's the weapon that we use against him too. Paul calls it the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Now I think it's interesting here that the word, there's many Greek words for the word word in the New Testament, there's logos and other words. But the Greek word that Paul uses here is rima, R-H-E-M-A, which means the spoken word. The word spoken. The word activated by our voices. The sword of the spirit is the spoken word of God. I don't just think God's word, I speak it out loud. Come on, somebody. And so I pick up the sword of the spirit and I give voice to the word of God. There's a reason it's called the word of God because we're supposed to say it. We're supposed to speak it, right, out loud. And so I speak God's word to every situation that I'm walking through. Greater is he that is in me than, is he, than he that's in the world. First John chapter four, verse four. Romans 8, 37, in all things, I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. And we're gonna read a lot more in just a few minutes. Is that all right? It's the sword of the spirit. Now, I want, you, I want you to notice something, that prayer and reading the Bible should not be separated. Bring your Bible into your prayer time. Let your Bible be your prayer book. And then he says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now, listen. There's a lot of Bible teachers that will skip this part, but there it is. He says, 
one of the best ways to win spiritual battles is pray in the Holy Ghost. Now listen, you can't pray in the Holy Ghost until you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, right? So when I get to this part of, of the armor of God, I pray in the Holy Ghost. Pastor, what if I get to this part and I'm not baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can pray in the Holy Ghost. Why is that? Because Romans 8, 26 says the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And we don't even know what we ought to pray for. You ever feel that way in 2021? I don't even know how to pray. All this crazy stuff, every situation, all of this pressure, all of the decisions and the things that were, was going on, how do I pray? Paul says the Spirit will help you pray if you'll pray in the Holy Spirit because he knows how to pray. You don't even know what you're praying for, but the Holy Spirit will help you pray. He says the Spirit himself intercedes for us. I can't, I can't imagine a better scenario for me winning spiritual battles than to think of the Holy Spirit praying for me, praying through me. Are you getting this? So we need the baptism in the Holy Spirit to help us win spiritual battles. All right, and I know some of you are like, this, this is new to you. This, I, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna encourage you, trust what God's word says. He says, pray in the Spirit, so let's pray in the Spirit. Now watch this, he also says, with all kinds of prayers and all kinds of requests. And so when I get to this last part, this is my prayer list too. So I bring my list for my family and for my, and for my community and for, for our church and for our nation and for my small group and for, and for my employers and employees and coworkers. Are you getting this? I, this is, he says, all kinds of requests and all kinds of prayers, I pray in the Spirit. Does this make sense to everybody? I hope so. Let's pray. Would you mind standing? And let's pray. Now, I just want to encourage you. Use this outline that I've given to you. And we're just going to pray this together. We're going to pray through the armor of God. And we're going to pray this again tomorrow. And as we pray it over and over again, not only, I, I don't want to use the term easier, you'll get more familiar with it. And let me encourage you that with this prayer model, as with all of the other things that we've taught you from God's word, there's such an amazing layer of depth to each one of these. We will never exhaust the depth of each one of these prayers. Now you can choose to just mindlessly repeat the words that the, the Bible gives us for prayers. You could do that, but I don't think that's what Jesus had in mind. He says, I want you to pray and I want you to believe. Are you ready today? So let's begin today with the helmet of salvation. All right, let's believe God's word, what God's word says about me. Come on, I am a saint. I thank you, God, that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that I'm chosen for adoption through sonship by the Heavenly Father. I'm accepted. I'm not rejected. I'm accepted by God. I have a wonderful inheritance of spiritual riches in Christ. Are you thankful for that today? I thank you, God, that I've been raised to new life in Christ. Old things have passed away. Everything has become new. 
and I have been saved by grace. Not by myself, I didn't, get, I didn't save myself. It's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. I thank you, God, that I'm your workmanship, a masterpiece, a new creation in Jesus Christ. And God, I thank you that I'm part of your family. Thank you, Lord. And I'm a member of the body of Christ, and my life displays the glory of God. I put the helmet of salvation on my mind, Lord God, and help me to always believe what your word says is true about me. So let's, please, let's put on the belt of truth. Lord, I pray. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would, you would uh, expose any lies that the enemy is telling me, any lies that I'm believing about myself or about you, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would expose him to be the liar that he is. And I pray, Lord God, that you would give me a hunger for truth. I pray that I would hunger for the word of God because your word is truth. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that, that you would give me humility to receive correction. God, I know that pride blinds us sometimes. And so, Lord God, I pray you put people in my life that will tell me the truth. I pray that you put pastors in my life, friends in my life that will tell me the truth so that I could walk in the truth all the days of my life. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that the belt of truth, your truth, would hold me together. And God, in this culture that we live in that is full of deception, God, we don't even know who to believe. May we always believe you. May we always believe your word, God. Give me a hunger for the word of God. God, I put on the breastplate of righteousness. God, I don't want any poison in my heart. I don't want any stingray releasing poison into my spirit. So God, I, I ask you to wash me and purify me. Holy Spirit, I invite you to expose to me anything that's unholy, judgmental, unforgiving, bitterness. I want, I want to have the breastplate of righteousness in my heart. Search me, oh God. And, and know my heart. Purify my hands, purify my spirit. God, you said to guard my heart because out of it flows the issues of life. And, and God, I pray you put a guard over my heart and protect me from, from poison, P protect me from bitterness, God. I, I bless instead of judge. I, 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 want, I want to love people, God, the way you love people, God. If you, if you were on a cross and saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, then I can do that too. And God, I choose to forgive. I choose to let it go. I let this poison come out of my heart. Come on, God's doing it right now. Just release it. Let the poison out of my heart. Let the bitterness, God, I wanna, I wanna have the pure, I wanna be a pure in heart person. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Purify me, God. Cleanse me, Jesus. God, I put the shoes of peace on. And I pray, God, that you give me a burden to reach lost people. I pray, God, that I would love people the way you love people. I pray that I would see my neighbors, my coworkers, my family members the way you see them, God. I pray that the reality of hell and the reality of heaven would become so clear to me and recognize that I'm alive, that I'm saved to save. I'm, I'm saved to help people. I'm saved to preach the gospel of Jesus. So I pray for a burden, God. I, I just want to care. I want to care. God, help me to care. Let me, let, me, let me love them the way you love them. And God, I'm praying for an opportunity. I'm praying for an opportunity, God, to, to invest in their lives, to show the love of Jesus, to share the word of God. And God, when that opportunity comes, would you give me boldness? God, would you anoint me? God, I pray for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation 
salvation in my life. Lord, not so that people can be uh, overwhelmed or enamored, but God, they'll know that the kingdom of God is near and that you love them and that, and that you want them to be part of your family. God, I'm praying for coworkers and family members and neighbors, God, who need to know Jesus. God, use me. Put the shoes of the gospel of peace on my life and remind me every day, God, when I get up, I have a purpose. Thank you for it, God. God, I take up the shield of faith with which we can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. God, I come against the flaming arrows of the evil one trying to destroy me and trying to hurt my family. And God, I believe your word that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I, sh I lift up the shield of faith. I lift up the word of God. I believe your word. I confess your word. I believe your word. God, I pray for the gift of faith. Lord, you said in the last days, Jesus said, will the son of man find faith on the earth? God, find me faithful. Find me faith-filled, God. I pray that I wouldn't lose hope. I pray that I wouldn't get discouraged. God, I pray for faith today to believe what you say. And he says to pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Speak God's Word. Greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. Romans 8, 37, in all things I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. James chapter four, verse seven, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from me. Deuteronomy 28, verse seven, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against me to be defeated before me. They will come out against me one way, but they're gonna flee seven different ways. Thus saith the Lord, this is what God's word says, the sword of the Spirit. He says, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, pray through me. Come on, if you're filled with the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Pray, pray, Holy Spirit. If you've never been filled with the Spirit, fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me, Holy Ghost. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, I invite you to pray through me. I invite you to, to pray through me in the mighty name of Jesus. Pray in the Holy Ghost. We pray in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do a great work. Holy Spirit, give victory with all kinds of requests and all kinds of prayers. God, we bring our requests to you. God, I bring my family to you. I bring my city to you. God, I one more time, we bring our nation to you, and we pray, God, send revival to the United States of America, God, so let there be a, a turning to the living God with all of our hearts. God, we pray together that you would hear us from heaven. God, we pray for a move of God, and I pray that move would start in me. Let that move start in this church. Let the move of God start in this community, God. We cry out to you, Lord, hear us from heaven. Forgive our sin, heal our land. God, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. We bring our request to you. I pray for everyone watching today. I pray for everyone in this room today that has a need in their life. They have a heavy heart. Walking through valleys. Walking. God, they're in a battle. I pray, Lord Jesus, for victory in their hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would intervene. 
God, we truly believe that prayer is earthly permission for heavenly intervention. And so we give you permission, God, to intervene. We give you permission, God, to intervene in marriages. We give you permission to intervene in families. We, we give you permission, God, and we ask you to intervene, Lord God, in financial situations, God, where there's hardship, where there, where there is uh, difficulty, God. We, we pray that you would intervene in, in the lives of those that are walking through sickness and they're battling some sort of disease, God. We ask you to intervene in Jesus' name because you are God. You are God. You are the Lord over all of those things. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. amen. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. You're in a war. You're in a fight. You can't win on your own. You can try really, really hard. And you can... You can do your best to be a man, to be a woman. You know, I'm just going to suck it up and I'm going to make it. I'm going to promise you, you're not going to make it without Jesus. He has, he has offered you the greatest offer of all time to be part of his family, to give you every weapon that you need to win. But it's never going to happen until you receive Jesus Christ. The devil is out to destroy you. Jesus wants you to be part of his family because he wants you in heaven with him. You have an enemy. It's not your spouse. It's not your boss. It's not flesh and blood. You have an enemy that wants to destroy you. The devil. The fight is real. And without Jesus, you're unprotected. Can I invite you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've not yet surrendered your heart and life to Jesus, would you do that right now? I think right now would be a great time to do that because you recognize there's something going on in the spiritual realm and I need help. If that's you, I'm going to lead you in the very first step of salvation. You're making a decision to, to surrender your heart and life to Jesus. Do it right now. Say this out loud. Others around you are going to pray out loud, but you're going to pray a little bit louder than everybody else. Would you pray this way? Dear Jesus, I surrender. Everything I have is yours. I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. You died for my sin. You rose again to give me new life. You're my only hope. Holy Spirit, fill me with your power to serve Jesus every day. Amen. Somebody give God praise for the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it online or jump on the website at graceassembly.org and click the giving link so that we can continue to spread the message of Jesus all around the world. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next week.